Right, you guys can turn to Ephesians chapter 4 if you have your Bibles. There's nothing quite like coming up to speak after your co-pastor has said it's going to be a special Sunday. We're going to make sure Blake goes short on his sermon. I won't take that personally. Here's the deal. I would gladly go short on every sermon I ever preach again if we could do this every Sunday. So ultimately, this is what church is about, our opportunity to celebrate with these kids. Well, I don't know if you've thought about it, but um, some days are special. Not every day is the same. Not all days are created equal. Most days are unremarkable, and you do what you did yesterday, and you do what you'll do tomorrow, and you completely forget about them. But every once in a while, you have a day that stands out, that's, that's remarkable, that you remember forever because somehow it changes you. I'll give you an example. I've been married for about 14 years. So I was married on Saturday, August 9th, 2003. And what's interesting to me is to compare my memories of that Saturday with my memories of the Saturday before, of which I remember nothing. Absolutely nothing of that Saturday from a week before. But the Saturday that I was married on, I remember the weather. I remember the taste of the chicken we had at the reception. I remember the lighting. I remember seeing Julie in her wedding dress for the first time. I remember Trey Corey stuffing rose petals down my underwear on the way out of the reception. I remember that day vividly because it changed me. I went in a single man. I came out married. Some days are, are remarkable. They stay with us because they change us. And For these seven kids getting baptized today, this is one of those days. It's a remarkable day. It it will change them. It will mark them. In fact, according to Jesus, I spent some time really thinking about this and studying it. According to Jesus in the New Testament, there will never be a day where they have a more important public ceremony than today. Not even their wedding day is as important as this day in the kingdom of God. So baptism is an incredibly important moment in their lives. And so I want to make sure that we understand what's going on today. I want to explain it to you for just a moment. So first, let's think about what is baptism, this strange word, this strange ceremony. We love it and we clap. But you got to admit, like to most people here in America, it's got to look a little bit strange. People like in all their clothes, getting in a hot tub in front of like 800 people. What's up with that? What is baptism about. Well, the word comes to us in the New Testament as the Greek word baptizo. It means to submerge something in liquid. It was often used for taking cloth and dipping it into dye so that the cloth took on that color. It was also used of when a boat sank. So if your boat sank, you would say my boat got baptized because it got immersed into liquid. And so it's not surprising that that word gets picked up and used by John the Baptist and by Jesus and the apostles to describe what we just did. Because these, these kids are getting baptized, immersed, submerged in this liquid. So that's what the word means. But what's the idea behind this ceremony? Well, we actually saw it last week in our passage. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. We, we kind of skipped this a little bit last week because I wanted to save it for today. So what's the idea of baptism? If you're looking at chapter 4, look at verse 4. Paul says there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
Notice how that word baptism, what we just did, it gets connected to to one Lord, that's Jesus, and and one body, that's the church, and, and one faith, that's the gospel, that we trust in Jesus for forgiveness of our sins. Baptism is what publicly connects us with all of those realities, and that's the basic idea of baptism. It's where we publicly identify with Jesus and his church and his gospel. It's where we tell the world that, that we want to follow Jesus, that we want to be like Jesus. So, so the ceremony itself is actually quite significant. There's a reason we do it like this. I know this is kind of a weird-looking box up here, but we need water up here because the, the ceremony in it, we dunk people underwater to identify them with Jesus' death. As he went into the grave, so they go down into the water. But then we raise them up out of the water because Jesus rose from the dead. And we want to identify with that. And as we rise out of the water, we're now new people. We now belong to a new family, the church. And so baptism is about identification with Jesus and his church. Now, the second question that people often ask is, why do it? It is kind of nerve-wracking. These kids were really brave. Wow. I didn't see any like trembling. I would have been really scared to be up here as a, as a little kid in front of all these people. So why do we challenge people to get baptized? Why does the New Testament seem to make such a big deal of baptism? Well, to answer that question, first we have to, to tell you what the wrong answer is and make sure you understand it's the wrong answer. We don't tell people to get baptized because we believe it's required for salvation. It's not what saves you. Now, now many godly Christians disagree with us on that, and, and that's okay. They would turn to passages like this in the book of 1 Peter. Baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Boy, it seems really clear. Baptism saves you. So do you have to get baptized in water to get to go to heaven? Well, we would say no, and we would take them to Ephesians chapter 2. So turn back just a couple chapters. Most famous passage in the book of Ephesians. Really useful. You should have this one marked or memorized in your Bible. If you look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. We talked about these verses in great detail. It tells us that eternal life is a gift. And you receive it simply by saying in faith, yes to God. Yes, I want that gift. And God gives it to you. And there's nothing you have to do. Paul is explicit. No works at all. And baptism is a work. And let's be honest, it's a pretty big work. You've got to come up here. It's a risky thing. It's a, it's a scary thing. And in other countries where Christianity is not allowed, it's actually a huge work. When those people get baptized in water, they're risking their lives. Well, Paul's clear. That's not required for salvation. You don't have to do this to get to go to heaven. So how do we put together what Paul is saying in Ephesians 2 with what Peter says in 1 Peter 3? Well, there's an easy way to put that together, and it's to think about this little thing I have on my hand. Baptism in the first century church was like wedding rings today. So think about this this wedding ring that I wear here. In our culture, if I'm walking down the street and you want to know if I'm married, do you have to ask me? No, you, you just look at the ring on my finger. 
Because in our culture, this symbol is so associated with the reality of my marriage that the symbol can stand in for the reality. But we know this, this ring doesn't make me married, right? This isn't what keeps me married. If I lose this ring, I don't lose my marriage. Now, my marriage is based on my vows to Julie. It's not based on her ability to afford a, a, a ring to put on my finger or my ability to remember the ring. The ring doesn't make me married. But because the symbol and the reality are so closely connected in our culture, you can just point to the symbol and know I'm married. Well, that's how baptism worked in the first century. There was no controversy. There were no theological debates. In fact, as far as we can tell, no one in the New Testament even thought to ask, do you have to be baptized in water to get to go to heaven? Never occurred to them to ask that. Why? Because they did this right after they believed. In fact, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find that people got baptized within minutes of trusting in Jesus. And so because the, the symbol of baptism was so closely associated with the reality of salvation by faith alone, Peter could point to the symbol to refer to the reality. So I know that's a little bit of a complicated conversation for you. Just think, when you're thinking about baptism, it's like a wedding ring. It's how I show the world the reality that's going on between Julie and I. This is how you show the world the reality between you and Jesus. So we don't get baptized to save us. So why do we get baptized? Well, there's two reasons. The first is because Jesus commanded it. One of the most famous passages in the Bible, Jesus' great commission, he said in Matthew 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Jesus commanded us to be baptized, and really that should be enough. Jesus told us to do it, so let's do it. Jesus expects us to do it. And as I said earlier, in in the New Testament, there's actually no examples of an unbaptized believer. They don't exist. Because as soon as they believed, they dunked them within minutes. And, And so the thought in the New Testament of a believer saying no to baptism would be like me giving my vows in our wedding day to Julie. And then when she goes to put the ring on my finger, I say, well, hold on. I need to think about this for a while. It's a big step. I'm not really ready for that. Let's wait and see how this works out over the next few years. No one would do that. Because Jesus commanded it. We should be baptized. Okay, so if, if you're a believer and you haven't been baptized yet, that's something we'd love to fix for you. We'd love to help walk you through that. It doesn't have to be here in front of 800 people. We have lots of different ways to do it. But Jesus commanded it, so we should do it. So Jesus wants us to be baptized. That's the first reason. The second reason that we get baptized is because this is how we declare our allegiance to Jesus' team. For you folks who like football, think of baptism as National Signing Day. Okay, so National Signing Day in Collegiate Football, you got these boys sitting down in front of a camera, and you realize they probably made their decision a long time ago. But that day is is significant because that's the day that in front of the camera, they put on the hat and sign the form, right? And now the whole world knows you are committed to this team. Well, that's what baptism is. You, You may have trusted in Jesus a long time ago, and that sealed the deal. You had eternal life. You belonged to the church at that moment. But, but when you come up here and get baptized in water, this is your national signing day. This is you putting on the hat and telling the world, this is the team I belong to. I am part of Jesus' team and Jesus' church forever. I will follow where he leads. I will join myself to his family, the church. 
And so this is a really exciting day in the lives of these seven kids who are coming up here because this is their national signing day. This is when they tell us in the world, I belong to Team Jesus forever. So what do you do with this truth? Well, as I said a moment ago, the first thing is, if you're a believer and you haven't been baptized, it's time. Come talk to Trey or I or someone here. We'll help walk you through that process. Again, it doesn't have to be here in front of 800 people, but we want to help you obey Jesus and have that moment in your life. Second thing for you guys is I want to encourage you to invite more people to join Jesus' team. As I said at the beginning, Trey and John Mark and I would gladly change every service so that this becomes the norm if we had enough people getting baptized to do this every week. And that's really actually our prayer. We believe in a church this big, baptism ought to be happening all the time because so many people are coming to faith in Jesus. Now, how is that going to happen? Well, only if each and every one of us will tell people about Jesus. So remember, we said at the beginning of the semester, the reason God put us on this planet is to help people find and follow Jesus. That is your mission in life. Only reason you're still here. Help people find and follow Jesus. To that end, we committed as a church family, our goal for fall 2017 is to initiate a spiritual conversation with at least two people who are far from Jesus. Each and every one of us, myself included, we need to be making friends with people who don't yet know Jesus and beginning to have spiritual conversations with them. So we wanted to give you a tool this morning to help you to do that if you look at the seat back in front of you. So look at the seat that's in front of you. There is a card, okay? So if you're in the very front row, you can just reach back and steal one from the person behind you. There should be enough. So you have a card with two sides. And on one side, it says my two. And on the other side, it says your two. We're giving you this card because we want you to put two names under my two. That's two people in your life who are far from Jesus. Write their names down. You don't have to go show this to them. This is for you. You keep this in your Bible or where you can refer to it every day. So go ahead and write that now. There's pencils in front of you in the back of the chair. Um, Write down the names of two people in your life who are far from Jesus. Okay, do that real quick. If If you don't have two people in your life who don't yet know Jesus, you need to make more friends. (laughs) And ideally, you need to make some friends outside of this family. So make some friends in the world so that you can get to know people who are far from Jesus so you can tell them about him. Okay, so write down two people in your life who are far from Jesus. You are committing by writing on this card, you're committing to pray for them first and foremost. Pray that they would come to know Jesus. And then second, you're committing to ask God to give you the chance to have a spiritual conversation with them this fall. Okay, so that's my two. Now flip it over. Your two. What I want you to do is look over at your neighbor. It could be your spouse, friend, roommate, someone here today. And you write down your two and they'll write down what you have under my two. And you guys will begin to pray for each other for their two people. So do that right now. Share with the person next to you. Okay. Now that you've filled out your card... So you put your neighbor's two people under your two. Very good, yes. So now that you've filled out your card, even the longest journeys start with the first step. You've now taken the first step. 
Okay, so I want you to begin to pray. You now have four names, two in your life, two in the life of, of a, a spouse or, or a friend who you're going to begin to pray for and look for opportunities to tell them about Jesus because that's why we're here. Okay, so let's continue our celebration of baptisms. Jason, if you want to come on up.